Welcome to the Artist Academy podcast. Andrea Earhart here, muralist, adventurer, and your host as I interview inspiring artists who are killing it in the art game to show you that it's completely possible to make a great living doing the thing you love to do. We highlight the business side of art to help you reach more customers, increase profits, and ultimately live a life of creative freedom. (laughs) Enjoy the show. So you want to be your own boss. (laughs) That's why you've tuned in today. Maybe the idea of working for yourself sounds like way more fun than listening to someone else tell you what to do for the rest of your life. (laughs) Maybe you've seen the headlines on the blogs and the videos and you've seen the highlight reels of people being their own boss and you see how great of a life that is and you fantasized about doing it yourself. Well, today I want to talk about what being your own boss actually means. The good, the bad, the ugly, (laughs) all of the things that really you, you need to come to terms with in your own mind. So maybe your own mental milestones, three steps, three mental milestones that you need to have in order to be your own boss. And I have learned all of these the hard way, (laughs) and I'm still learning day to day on a couple of them just to make them really set in my mind because I come from a world of people telling me what to do. As we grow up, we're in school and we're taught to do this and write this way, and we have to raise our hand to use the bathroom, and it's very systematized. And after school, they kick you out and they say, okay, Be your own boss. Make your own way. And for those of us who have no idea what that is, we've had to learn it on our own. And so today I'm going to talk about three steps, three mental milestones that you need to hurdle over in order to do that. But first, a little bit of a life update because what I've been doing recently kind of fits in with this whole be your own boss thing because I am... Just now at the time of this recording, getting off of two back-to-back week-long vacations, (laughs) and I'm mentally getting back into the groove of working and being my own boss again, but so I just got back from the U.S. Virgin Islands in St. Thomas for a week, and we went with 14 of our closest friends out there, and swam and snorkeled and drank a lot of beer and just enjoyed life for a week. And then two weeks prior to that, I had just got home from a week-long ski vacation up in Wyoming, where another group, some same friends, some different of 14 of our closest friends, (laughs) went up and we skied and went snowmobiling, or as they call it, sledding up there. And again, drank a lot of beers (laughs) and just had a really great time. So essentially, I have been off work for half of this past month. So 14 days out of the last 30 days, I have been off work and enjoying life. And it has been pretty dang great. (laughs) To the point to where I'm, it just has made me realize just getting away and being in an airport again, that was super weird and super fun, but just, it just made me realize that there is so much more than work. And as I'm coming back, I'm really just coming back with a clear head and assessing how much 
I want to be working, <laughs> being that I have put in the hours and the years of establishing this career, and now I'm kind of on autopilot, and I can be on autopilot, and so I'm just trying to figure out how much I want to work and how much I want to play this year. And, you know, anyway, so taking off two of the last four weeks, that is a rarity in the United States, especially if you're listening and you're outside of the United States, taking four, six, two months vacation is might, might be normal for you. But in the United States, it is not. A two weeks paid vacation is about the standard if you work for someone else, which is why I wanted to come on and just talk a little bit about the employee versus employer mentality and having that boss mentality, how to be your own boss and get the perks of being your own boss. It comes with a lot of things. It comes with a lot of weight on your mind, on my mind, of day to day and having to learn all these things. So let's just get into it. If you want that life, if you want this life of vacationing half of the month (laughs) and several months out of the year and having that freedom the freedom that comes with being your own boss. I think if I really boil it down, it's freedom. That's why I do what I do. I don't like anybody telling me to take a lunch break here or do it a certain way. I really like to figure things out on my own. Which brings me to point number one, the mental milestone that you need to get over if you want to be your own boss, and it's just realizing that you're going to have to figure literally everything out on your own until the day you die. (laughs) So instead of having somebody tell you what to do, instead of clocking in for a job where someone says, hey, you have to be here at 7, 8 a.m. and you have to leave at 5 and you take your lunch at noon, you are clocking into your own schedule And instead of getting someone to, or having someone there to be like, hey, how do I do this exactly? You have to figure it out on your own. So congratulations, you've just signed up for a job where you have to figure everything out completely on your own, unless you hire someone. So unless you take the responsibility and you spend your own money and join things like the Artist Academy or hire a mentor or go to school and spend money on a tuition, things like that, you're going to have to figure everything out on your own unless you do something about it. And a quick story on this topic, one of the times in the very beginning of my art career where I harshly realized that I had to figure everything out on my own. So taking you way back six, seven years ago, I first got hired by a popular outdoors company. I'm just going to say it. I I got hired by Bass Pro. I'm really not sure if they want me to use their name officially. They have a lot of rules. So sometimes I say like outdoor company. Sometimes I'll just go and say Bass Pro. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, so when I first got hired by Bass Pro, I was on my first job, and when I say got hired, it's more like they contracted my services. So I was not an employee with them. I was referred to them to complete a job, and they flew me down to Tennessee. That was the first job I ever worked for them on. And I show up, and it was very much not an employee type of thing. It was very much like 
they signed me up and I, I went down there and I had to complete a job for them, which really is the life of a muralist. That's what I've been doing from like here on out. Like people hire me to complete a job and I complete the job. This was my first job. And when they brought me on, they thought that I was a very experienced logo painter, sign painter. And I had done a couple <laughs> and I just didn't correct them when they had mentioned. They just didn't ask how many I had done. So I was like, yes, I've done that before. Yes, I've done that. I didn't say I'd only done it once. <laughs> I didn't say I'd only done ghost lettering one time or did this type of logo one time. <laughs> I just said, yes, I've done that before. And they thought that I was way more experienced than I was whatever. <laughs> so I get down there and the boss guy on the job says, hey, we need you to make an archery sign. And I was like, okay, great. And they're like, okay, thanks. And then he just walks away and I'm like, oh, what? <laughs> so I guess the person before me had been making archery signs for years. And that's just how they had gone accustomed to letting him know. They're like, hey, they let him know, hey, we need an archery sign, blah, blah, blah. And then he, he just went and did it. So being my first job, and this being my one of my first assignments on this job, I was a little clueless. <laughs> so I was like, okay, they want a sign and they need it to say archery. That's all I know. I don't know what colors it needs to be. I don't know if they want all capital letters. I I didn't know what they made one they wanted made out of, I had no idea. So I, you know, I started asking questions and they're just kind of like, yeah, yeah, do whatever you want, your creativity. We want to see what you can do. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, sure. Like having never physically made a sign, I was like, okay, what materials do you want me to make it out? And they're like, wood. And I'm like, okay, do I make the sign? They're like, no, you have the, the wood makers here on site, make it and then you paint it. And I was like, okay. So I went and talked to the carpenters on the job and I was like, hi, I need an archery sign. And they're like, okay, what do you want it made out of? And I go, wood. And they're like, okay, great. What kind of wood? And I'm like, whatever wood you think it would be best made out of. I like put it on them. I'm like, and they're like, okay, we have some, we have this particle board right here. And I'm like, great. I had no idea what particle board was. And now I know if, and if you don't know, particle board is the board. It's like the stuff that wood chips are made out of and pressed together. I'm pretty sure. And it's just, it's not really good wood. And I'm, I'm like, why did this carpenter be like, Hey, I'm going to make it out of this. It's like what? Anyway, I was like, yes, whatever they said, I was like, use your imagination. I need it to be about this size. And they're like, okay, so they made it. And then I did some lettering on top of it. And I did a little arrow through the, the lettering. I did it in all capitals and big and I turned it in and they just looked at it like, this is not really the best sign we've ever had, but this will do because we're, you know, we're, we need to hit budget and we're in a strict time schedule. So they accepted it. And so for the next one, I learned, okay, maybe let's not use particle board. Maybe we'll make it bigger. And actually I'm going to look on Google and I'm going to look at other archery signs and see what other people have done rather than just going on a whim. And so that was really one of my first experiences of just being on the job and them expecting me to know what to do. I had no clue and it just kind of made it happen, but it was very, I didn't even know where people stored the paint on the job site. I knew that there were paint. I didn't know who bought it. I didn't know if I could use it. I didn't know where to go get stuff. I didn't know what kind of anything to do. It was very much a learning as we go. Now, 
I could do that. But at that point, it was very much, you figure things out. I, I had no idea. So I tell that story because I hope that you think back on it the next time you're in a position like that and you have no idea what to do. And I would love if you just tip the mentality of, okay, I am a problem solver. I am not an artist. I am a problem solver. That is my new job title. And I will figure it out. I will ask the right person. (laughs) I will try it again and maybe get it wrong and then I'll get it right eventually. But I am a problem solver and I will figure it out. Because a lot of artists are used to having someone tell us what to do. Like we are used to having a job. (laughs) We are used to having a boss and having them be like, okay, this is a video of how to exactly do this. This is exactly how I want it done. This is how things are graded in school. They tell you exactly how to write a paper, exactly how to do your math homework, exactly what answers to put in this area. And if you go outside of that, it's it's wrong. Like we are conditioned to follow all of these rules. And now as artists, we are the rule makers. We are the problem solvers and we make our own problems and we solve our own problems. That's just the mentality of it. So just making yourself have that mentality will really help you get over the next hurdle you come to, which is probably tomorrow or next week or next month, however much you're doing right now. It'll probably come soon. So just put yourself in that mentality of being the problem solver. And I've been doing this for so long now that when I ask someone to do something and they come at me like I'm their boss, like I'm hiring them because I am hiring them essentially, but when I hire someone and they're not their own boss, it like triggers my mind, oh, wait a second, okay, this is different. I have to think back to when I was an employee and what the direction that I wanted Because my immediate thought is that everybody is their own boss. Now that I have this mentality and I'm so in it every single day, just realizing that there's really nobody to lean on here and I have to figure stuff out on my own. When I ask someone to do something and they come at me with all of these questions that they could easily figure out on their own, I'm like... I'm like, I get a little annoyed, <laughs> to be honest, because I'm like, what? You don't have this be your own boss mentality? What? <laughs> Nobody has ever told you this? <laughs> uh, why, haven't, why aren't you doing this in your daily practice? That's like immediately, and I'm like, no, calm down. They just don't know. They are used to being told what to do, so I need to tell them what to do. For instance, I did a lot of window painting here recently, and I I offered the window painting removal for like $50, $75, whatever, and I had this genius idea to hire my mom to do it. So a little bit of a backstory, just like 30 seconds worth. My mom is a very strong-willed, hardworking person. She just doesn't really have a job that makes a lot of money. I thought it would be a perfect opportunity for her to make a little extra money, and she just has the personality. The go getter, the cleaner, like she loves to clean and make things perfect and she's not afraid of getting dirty and just really getting in there and working hard. Like she goes fishing every weekend. She's, I call her like a dad mom. She watches football. She is the perfect person to clean windows and she would benefit it from it financially. Anyway, so I hired my mom. Okay, mom, come here, pick up the stuff and go to the window. And I'm like, 
it took me a second to, to, to figure it out, but essentially get it all wet and then scrape it off and then just put it all in the trash can. And she's okay. So she comes and she's asking me all these questions and I'm telling her, I'm like, you go girl. And she goes and she calls me five times in two hours to update me on all the ways that aren't working on what she's figured out that is working. And then she tells me what's not working. And I'm like, why don't you just do it this way instead of doing that? Just wipe off the squeegee before it has a chance to hit the ground. She goes, oh, Okay, and then, uh, yeah, it, ju- it was just this whole process, and then in talking to her, I was like, oh, wow, my mom <laughs> is an employee. I forget. She ne- she feels the need to check in with her boss because that's what employees do, so she was calling me to check in, and I was getting annoyed by it. I'm like, why are you calling me? I'm hiring you to do a job. Like, you're a subcontractor. Go do it. Just let me know that it's done, and I will say a lot of the people that hire me for murals and a lot of people who are going to hire you for murals, they just want the job done. They don't care how you do it. If you send them an update, perfect. Tag them on Instagram stories. I mentioned that a couple times for fun, but not to report back. And they don't care really when you work. They don't care how you do it exactly. They just care that the job gets done. And that's all I cared about too. When I hired my mom, I'm like, just clean the windows. Let me know when you're done and then I will pay you. And I will also bill the people. Like, I'll do all of that. You just clean the windows. And it's just so funny. Her, the whole time she was just like, do it like this. Can't do it. And I just, the whole window. Yeah. Anyway. It was just a whole experience because she had to figure something out and I didn't provide her a video to do it. I was just like, you'll figure it out. Just get it wet first, squeeze it off, you'll figure it out. And that just blew her mind because someone wasn't exactly showing her exactly what to do. Another story on that same type of thing with window cleaning. Again, I needed a window clean like that day and my mom wasn't available so I posted on Facebook I'm like hey I just need someone to clean a window really quick today if they could do it by three o'clock that would be perfect and I had one of my friend's sisters say hey I can do it I know her we're friends like I've seen her I I see her maybe five times a year I don't know anyway so I was like hey so I had her meet me over there and I gave her the supplies I'm like you'll figure it out and same thing as my mom figured it out I was just like whatever I was busy I had to get to a job so she she did not this is a different approach that I didn't expect but she did not message me every once in a while she did not check in she just she did the job she was figuring it out and I guess at some point she ran out of the Windex that I had provided for her and she just stopped cleaning at some point it just I don't know she got off as much as she could and then when she ran out of Windex she was like okay I'm done so she texted me that she was done I was like okay thank you so much I was like man that was so easy Anyway, I go to the window to go paint on it a couple hours later, and it was, it was like, like she tried to clean it off, and she tried, and there were still little bits in here and there, so I text her, because the people who own the business were like, this is not good, no, like, this will not do, and they were kind of mad, and so I was, I de-escalated them, and I messaged her, I'm like, hey, are you going to come finish? She's like, no, I, I ran out of supplies, so I just left. And I'm like, oh, so you ran out of supplies? She's like, yeah, I did what you told me to, and I used up what you gave me, and then I left. And I'm like, so you didn't think to maybe run to the store and get more Windex, so that way you could really do the job really well. She's like, well, no. And she, and <laughs> I just, I... <laughs> 
I'm just laughing at myself because I knew that she wasn't the type of person who was like a do-it-herselfer or a be-your-own-boss kind of person. She was an employee type person. And it just, it made sense afterwards that this all happened. But you know what? It was all 100% my fault. And I'm going to tell you why. Because that is point number two of the mental milestones. The first one is you are the problem solver. You solve every problem. You figure it out. Number two is everything is your fault. Everything I do in my business is my fault. So when that business was mad that she didn't clean off the window, I wanted to immediately point the finger at her and be like, you did a terrible job, blah, blah, blah. But it's really my fault. I I didn't go inspect it. I didn't show her what to do. I didn't have it all laid out for her. I, and I hired her. I hired her, knowing that maybe she wasn't the best worker, but she was what I needed at last minute. I did all of that. (laughs) And it's fine. I fixed it because it's my business. So I cleaned the rest of it off and it was fine. Everything was fine. But to my point number two is this, you cannot give anybody excuses because everything is your fault. If you hire someone to do something for you, you could have done it. I I literally could have done it. I could have worked extra hours that day and done it myself, but I hired someone and the person that I hired did not do a good job. So that is not the business's fault and I cannot blame anybody but myself. So the next time that you are trying to blame literally anything. But we point fingers at everything else except for us all the time. And I think the minute that we stop giving excuses and we start just saying, okay, yep, it's my fault. This is how I'm going to fix it. And this is why I'm not going to do it again. And this is how I'm going to overcome it. And maybe looking on the positive side, at least it wasn't that bad. I And it's just, it's an easy fix. The The sooner you have that mental shift of everything is your fault, the reason you are not busy is because of you. It's not because of the economy. It's not because of politics. It's not because you live in a small town. It is you have the ability to reach out to everybody in your town. You have the ability to go to the next town over to start knocking on windows. You have the ability to post every day on Instagram, but you're not doing it because of your own laziness. (laughs) So the minute... The the very second that you say, okay, this is all my fault, how can I make it better? Your life will change. Also, with your scheduling, the number one excuse that I get is, I don't have time for this, or so-and-so wants me to go here with him, or my husband wants me to do this for them. That's what's taking me away from my job. It's 100% your fault for letting someone else control your schedule. For example, I had a friend who her boyfriend wanted her to make him lunch every day and her boyfriend wanted her to do this and that and she's he just wants me to do all these things so I can't paint and I'm like, girl, <laughs> what? <laughs> like you are letting him dictate your schedule. It's you. 
Like there's no more victim mentality in this. If you're not getting something done, it's your fault. For example, I'm putting it on me. My husband, Ryan, he doesn't work as much as I do. He already has his business set up, so he really loves to play as much as possible. And one of his versions of play is taking a two-hour lunch in the middle of the day. He loves to go get lunch and chat and just enjoy his life. And kudos to him for having the mentality to do that. I love that. But in the beginning, when I stopped working for Bass Pro as much and I had to build my own thing, I was home a lot and he would always get me to go lunch with him and he would always get me to run errands with him and go out to his parents' house with him and do this. And because he was doing it, because he has the means to do that and he wanted a companion and I wanted to go with him. So I was like, okay. Or even when I didn't want to go with him, I wanted to please him. And so I went along And finally, after about six months, it took a long time, but after about six months, and now he knows that I am not playing. He is not getting me to go to lunch in the middle of the day if I am busy. (laughs) And I always tell him, you are wasting time. You are wasting my eight-hour day, and it's not happening. So eventually, I was like, hey, I can't go do this with you. I really need to put some time in to paint, even if it's not an immediate profit, and we're not getting money from it today, I need to put this time in to paint because it's going to eventually profit and or I need to work on a project. I need to create ideas. I need to do all these things. I cannot go to lunch with you. And I had to really create that boundary. So I want you to ask yourself, is there somebody who's expecting all of these things from you? Is there anybody that you're letting come in? Don't blame them. It's not their fault. It's not Ryan's fault that he has all this time and wants to hang out with me. It's not his fault at all. It's my fault that I'm letting him do that. And now, like, he loves to go hunting on the weekends and watch. I love to let him go hunting. That way I can have a weekend to get all this stuff done. Is there something that you can do? And I know a lot of you have kids that you're like, I literally have to, like, do what my kids tell me to do. I need to feed them. I, need, I, I literally, I can't talk on that. But is there a way that you can figure it out to at least kick the child to the curb for at least one one day a week. That way you can get at least one, I don't know, maybe is there a friend who is in the same situation where you're like, hey, I'll watch your kid one day and you watch my kid the next day. That way we can have one free day and then one day will be a chaotic day, whatever. Figure it out. Is there somebody that you can hire one day a week? Maybe think of it as investing in your education. A lot of people don't do that. A lot of people will, you'll take a class from a local college and you'll pay for that, but you won't pay for a sitter for one day. That way you can stay at home and invest in yourself and paint. <laughs> like Those two are just, it's to me, in my mind, it's the same thing. You're investing in yourself, but because it's not the way to do it and how a lot of other people are doing it, like going to school, people just don't think outside the box in that. When really in the beginning, Putting a paintbrush in your hand as many hours as you can is the most important thing. Like investing in school, is there a way you can invest in that maybe one day a week to have some free time? You figure out your own way to do it. Maybe it's taking one day off of work. Maybe saying every other Friday you're going to work from home and figuring something like, like that out with your employer. That way you can have one day a week. Or maybe it's on a Saturday saying, hey, family, 
Saturday is my day to do this and Sunday is my day to be with you. Maybe investing one day a week like that until you can quit your job completely. I don't know. You figure it out for you, but whatever you're not getting done is 100% your fault. And one more point on this whole everything is your fault, not to be too negative because really everything that happens that's good in your business, you also take ownership over. Nobody else did this. Nobody else gives a more than you give a about your business. And my husband repeats this to me, and he used to a lot in the beginning, especially when I like didn't want to email people or I didn't want to bug people. Nobody cares about this as much as you do, so you need to email them again. I was like, okay. Anyway, so, but nobody is investing as much as you are in this business, so while you're taking on all of these burdens and all these bad things that happen and just saying, okay, it's my fault. I'm going to get over it. So all of the good things that are happening in your business, all of the, the big job that you just got that, or that you're going to get, that's way more money than you've ever made with any other job. That is all you. It's all you. It's because you are putting the time into it. It's not this whole, it's not 100% luck. It's not because someone referred you. It's not all on them. It's because you are showing up and saying, hey, I'm available to do this. And you're putting it out there. And people referring you and little bits of luck that you're getting are because of the work you're doing. So don't be so quick to be like, oh, I I got lucky from this, or I got lucky to meet this one person and they are the one referring me to this. Don't put it off on them. It is all on you. All the good that's happening is because you are practicing with that paintbrush and people are watching and those people are noticing and they're helping you, but ultimately it is you. And one more thing. So one more just negative thing on there too, because I just recently had a customer experience that wasn't so good, which are really few and far between. I maybe have one, maybe two bad customer experiences per year. And I recently just had one because it was, I was painting for this bar downtown and they wanted a certain amount painted and then they when I got there they asked for more and I didn't say it was going to cost more and so I assumed that they knew it was going to cost more if they wanted double painted so anyway at the end of it I literally painted way more than they had originally asked for and I was like hey I'm going to charge just a little bit more like and not double it wasn't asking for double even though I painted double I was like hey I'm just going to up it about 150 on on your total bill is that okay they said absolutely not that is not what they agreed on and I was like like we agreed that I would paint four windows and we had painted all of them which is double I agreed to paint it at this price I'm not charging you double but I did do work I need to be paid more and they're like nope you never said that you never told us that you were gonna have to be paid more we just assumed I'm like anyway it was a big deal to me it it was a big deal and that's as bad as it's gotten and we ended on not very good terms because they were just complete just complete and they did not see it my way I didn't see it their way I finally just threw my hands up and I was like okay but you know what it's my fault. It's my fault that happened. And I don't want to work with them anymore. And that's not it. I'm not doing that. But it's my fault that I didn't raise my hand and be like, okay, if you would like more painted, it's going to be more because likely they would have told me no. Even though 
I come at this with the Midwest handshake. Hey, okay, yeah, I'll paint this for you, sure. Everybody's super reasonable the majority of the time. And this has happened to me quite a bit. Like, people wanting more painted, and at the end I'm like, oh, so you, you requested more painted, it took me longer, it's going to be more. 99% of the time people are like, okay, yeah, I totally see your point. That makes sense to me. Yes, I'll pay more. But this one time, they did not see it like that, and... It's ultimately my fault. I'm tucking my tail between my legs and I'm just like, fine. I'm just, and it's a lesson learned and it's my fault. So anyway, that situation made me quite a bit uncomfortable. It's like I said, there it's few and far between, but it's, I did get really uncomfortable in that whole situation. And so next, <coughs> and so which leads to my point number three, the mental milestone that you have to get over. The step three is get used to being uncomfortable. <laughs> and just to give like a number to it, I would say the uncomfortableness is about at 100% in your first year. It's just, it just is. Everything's new. You're still getting used to being your own boss. You're getting used to pricing your painting abilities or, or you're questioning them. You don't think you're good enough. You're not sure what you're doing. Your website looks like a newbie created it and you know it. And <laughs> like, it's just the uncomfortableness in your first year is at an all time high of 100%. And then your next year, it's at about 80%. And then the next year is at about 60%. And I don't know that it ever gets to 0%. Actually, what am I, what do I know? I'm 31 years old. Yeah, 31. And I'm, yeah, I, <laughs> I've only been in it for seven, eight years, something like that. So I don't really know what it's like in 20 years. It could be at a 1% uncomfortable rate. It could be at zero. I, I have no idea. But I'm going to imagine that there's always something that will make you uncomfortable. For instance, in the beginning, it was my painting abilities. And then it was my ability to get new customers. And then it was talking to new customers and not feeling worthy. And just, I had this weird mental block that people wouldn't take me seriously because I was a really young girl and I liked to wear pink and I didn't talk professional all the time. And I liked to be really excited. And I just had this thought that people didn't take me seriously. So after... I got over that. I'm pretty much over that now. I'm just, that's just who I am. And I'm, you know, actually growing up a little bit more and being a little bit more okay with everything. And I think as we all get older too, it'll get a little bit easier. But in the beginning, it's all uncomfortable. And now I'm at a level to where I am now being asked to do public speaking stuff, and I know I've talked about that before. I'm very uncomfortable in that, but I just think ahead, and the story I tell myself and the mental movie that goes on up there is that if I don't get over this next thing that I'm that makes me uncomfortable, if I refuse to take it head on and if I refuse to acknowledge that I need to grow in this in this certain area and I don't grow I literally am like okay this is as far as you go this is as far as it gets like this is as much money as I'll make ever this is as happy as I'll ever be this is it if I don't tackle this next thing and for you the next thing might be showing up on your story creating a 
a video, writing out captions, getting better at painting. You might be at square one. To me, honestly, in my head, if I don't tackle this next thing, I'm like, okay, am I happy being exactly where I am? <laughs> I will never know what the next level is because I am too uncomfortable to grow at all, which sometimes it's a slow growth. Right now it's a slow growth. I've been trying to get over this thing for the past two years, basically, of public speaking and just saying whatever I want to whoever I want, like my husband does so effortlessly. I don't understand how he can do that so well, but I know that's my next level and I would really love if you could just point out your next level. Maybe write it down in your notes and or say it out loud, something. Just realize what your level is. What's the next thing that you need to do? What's the thing that's making you really uncomfortable right now? And I will say, I've talked about this before too, showing up on video and showing up doing live interviews did not come naturally for me. Even speaking right now into this mic so fluently, <laughs> it does not come natural at all. I'm getting better at it. I had to take less breaks and collect my thoughts less. And But when I first, when I made the first episode of this podcast, I was like, nobody is ever editing these podcasts for me because I sound like <laughs> it needed so much editing. I said the word like and so and and all of that stuff so many times, it's embarrassing. I was like, there's nobody that's ever going to edit this podcast except for me. I remember that first episode and now almost 150 episodes later... It gets easier, is what I want to say. There's so many things that are uncomfortable for you that you might say, no way. Like, there, that I will always be like that. But you can change anything. Anything is if you just have practice with it. So figure out what that next level is for you and call it out. Call yourself out. And then work a little bit every day or every week or whatnot towards being better at that thing. Because if you don't, I really truly believe this, that if you don't go over that next hurdle, then you're not going to go any, you're not going to get any bigger than you are now. You're not going to create the art career of your dreams or whatever. But that was that. So number one is you are your own problem solver. Number two, everything is your fault. All the good, all the bad. You are your own problem solver. So you're figuring out the problems and you get to reap the benefits and you get to take the blame. And number three is all of it is uncomfortable. All of it. So just get used to it. And a couple little bits, because I really feel like I need to talk on this at the very end here, just to say it. I talk to a lot of artists who are just starting out and they're like, my husband says this or my mom says this and whatnot. Stop listening to people who are employees that try to tell you how to be a boss, okay? Stop listening to people who are employees try to tell you how to be a boss because if your husband works for a company and he shows up every day when he's told and he is, he has been given trainings and he knows how to do his job well now he has no idea what it takes to build an art business he has no idea the hours that you need to practice that you won't get paid for he doesn't understand that because he gets paid for every single time he works or if your mom 
is like, she's had a job her whole life. She's had an income that she's had to depend on where she has made a certain amount every single month. And you are starting out really, really low. And she's, wait, I I don't see the benefit in this. You're not making anything hardly right now. You're almost taking a loss. Why are you doing this? And you, I remember having to explain, okay, it's not very much right now, but it will be way more in the future. And people can't grasp their mind around it until you've done it. So now, for example, like my mom, I remember her telling me, yes, like I should go to college. And then I ended up getting contracted by Bass Pro and all of that. And then, and now, now I'm at where I'm at and she's has we've had conversations before about her going to school because she knew you were supposed to go to college but she had no idea the potentials of that and or she didn't know like she didn't know somebody really who had been this far and so we have had conversations about is it too late for her to her to go back to college blah 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 blah. should she do this because now she sees me at this but she could have never envisioned this for me I had to envision it for myself I had to look at other people doing things I had to just listen to my gut when my gut was telling me to study art (laughs) when when I graduated with an art degree and was like what the heck am I gonna do with this (laughs) it's up to you it's up to you to figure all that out but you're not gonna get there listening to people who are employed trying to tell you how to be a boss I have had so many conversations with friends who they just don't have that boss mentality. Like a couple of my friends are like, does anybody like match your 401k? And I'm like, no, I do that. And they're like, oh, and they just look at me. They're so sad for me because their job does that. And I'm like, no, no, you don't get it. And I like, I don't even, I don't even go and explain how I make more per hour for than they do. And so I take that and I invest it in my 401k and that's where that goes for. I don't, I'm not relying on someone else to invest in it for me or help me with that. Like they, a lot of people just don't have that boss mentality. And like I mentioned, I've had several conversations with my mom about maybe her going to work for herself and cleaning houses and doing all this other stuff because she's not really happy at the job that she's at. And her immediate response is, who's going to do my insurance? And I'm like, mom, you are your own boss. You are going to, you know, make enough. You're going to make more so that you can get your own health insurance. And she can't fathom it because that's what she's known her whole life. Anyway, so I hope... This episode of me ranting about all of this stuff wasn't too negative and it hopes to really put your mentality into perspective. So if you're questioning yourself and you're questioning your problem-solving abilities and just know it's hard for us all and if you're making excuses and pointing fingers at other things, I really hope you take the blame and because your world will change. (laughs) And if you're currently really uncomfortable in doing just about everything, just know that It's expected in your first year, but it gets so much easier. I am on autopilot here lately. I'm getting over the whole public speaking thing, but in general, being seven-ish years in, things are so much easier now. I remember just being so stressed in the first couple years, but just keep going because this is the best career. It really truly is. It's just really hard in the very beginning, which is why I'm here and which is why I started the Artist Academy. So many of my students message me daily or weekly. They're just like, hey, I'm having trouble with this or I want to get this job and I don't know how. And I'm just like, I can feel the aggravation in just their texts. And I'm just like, hey, 
it's okay. I've been there too. Or, hey, maybe you should reach out to this person. Or, hey, let me ask my husband for sales advice for you. Like, I am here for you. And that's why I created the Artist Academy. It's basically like having a mentor in your pocket. And that's why I created the Artist Academy podcast is to give you free advice and just to tell you to keep going because it's this is the best career in the world i did not care if literally a lot of people on social media i see hey i have the best job ever best i literally read that and i'm like nope (laughs) they do not and we have the best career in the world we get to create and use our skills and we've taken a hobby and turned it and made we've tricked people into paying us to do what we love (laughs) that's how we think of it sometimes so i don't want this to all be doom and gloom i hope that this has helped you just feel a little bit better about what's going on and if you need help with the tangibles and if you need someone to tell you what to do every week that's why I created the artist academy I think of it as a stepping stone from having a boss and having someone tell you what to do you can join the artist academy I literally tell you to go reach out to the chamber of commerce here in, in your local town and get to know them because they will give you mural jobs blah, blah, blah. I literally give you the things to do every week. And (laughs) you can choose to do it or not. You can choose to know if it relates to your business or not. But I literally give people tasks every week in the Artist Academy of things to do and how to build your art career. And so it's like a stepping stone from having that mentality of being an employee to being 100% your own boss. And there's a lot of artists, especially like Sam and Lissa, they're in the Artist Academy Advanced and they're both like, they came to me a while ago and they're like, hey, like we love being in the group, but we are so busy because when they joined over a year ago, they were like, they they had a career they had an art career established and it was going and it was like they're getting jobs here and there but now they're like so busy because a lot of the stuff that they've learned in the academy and they they both came to me and they're like we've taken in all the things that you have to teach us and now we're super busy we don't have time for the academy anymore and I'm like okay great perfect (laughs) that is exactly what I intended for everything it's not just for beginning artists if you're if you've established a website already we can help you get more people to go to that website or establish an email list and all the things but if something isn't working out for you in your art business if you're not you know getting the needle moving it's your fault we're not making excuses anymore you're tired of being uncomfortable or sorry you're used to being uncomfortable and you're using it in as a tool in your art business and you are responsible for figuring everything out so yeah those are the three boss mentality pillars that you have to get over i don't know i'm not even sure what i'm going to really name this something about three steps to a boss mentality or mental milestone pillars I don't know but that's it okay I am gonna go rest because I'm really not in work mode quite yet like like I said I just got off of basically a week vacation and then another week vacation prior to that so I'm just gonna go chill out with my cat for the rest of the day because my I'm my own boss and I can (laughs) okay we have a great week I will You'll hear from me next week, I'm sure. (laughs) This episode is sponsored by the Mural Master Program inside of the Artist Academy Advanced Membership. This program is specifically designed to help you with every step of the mural 
process from coming up with an idea to finding a wall to paint it on to pitching your ideas to businesses and finally of course i teach you exactly how to paint large scale murals are a lot of fun and a great way to grow your art business i know because it has been one of the top ways that i've been able to grow my own art business as quickly as i have with several years of experience as a muralist i've dialed down the painting techniques the proposals the pitching the whole bit and now i've compiled it into one resource for you called the mural master program this is included inside of the artist academy advanced membership and i would love to invite you to join us by going to artistacademy.co that is artistacademy.co and click the link to see the mural master program and learn more if you've enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. If you review our podcast and send a screenshot of that review to me on Instagram, I am art by Andrea Earhart. I will gladly share your art on my Instagram story with a reach of over 60,000 as a thank you for helping us grow this Artist Academy community. And speaking of community, if you would like to be a part of our absolutely free and very encouraging community on social media, just head over to facebook.com slash groups slash Artist Academy, and I will see you next week.